you from the Yard Dogs Podcast Studio. A show for the fans by the fans. Talking all things Cleveland Browns from our mic to your ears. To your ears. With your hosts, Jason Hand and Mikey P. Yes, the gate to the yard is now open. Welcome to the Yard Dogs Podcast, a show for the fans, by the fans. This is Season 3, Episode 88. I'm your host, Jason Hand. You can find me on Twitter, at Browns Huddle. The Yard Dogs Podcast is now proudly, proudly part of Network 216. On Twitter, at Network underscore 216. Tonight and every Tuesday night, we are streaming live exclusively on Twitch. If you couldn't catch the live show, we've got you covered. You can also find the Yard Dogs podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star review. If you're a Cleveland Browns fan, media member, player, or former player, and would like to be a guest on the Yard Dogs podcast, hit us up on Twitter. You can find us there at Yard Dogs Pod. With me tonight is my co-host, my sidekick, my partner in crime, the one and only Mikey P. You can find him on Twitter at MikeyP422. Mikey, how we doing tonight, buddy? We're doing good, man. How about yourself? Fantastic. Um, We're getting into fantasy football season, and this show is dedicated strictly to fantasy football we, we really don't have a lot of browns news to talk about so we're gonna uh, talk about fantasy football tonight and get everybody ready for this year absolutely uh, yeah live comments uh questions are um encouraged here on the yard dogs podcast i was just looking for that word encouraged if you'd like to be part of the show you can find the link on in the comments for network 216 Uh, Go ahead and click on that link, and that will bring you in our waiting room, and we will uh, bring you right in the show. Um, The Twitch channel, um, yeah, so we have a Twitch channel on Network 216. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so by subscribing to Network 216 Twitch page. It's $5.99 a month. That's about $0.20 per day. And it can also be free by linking it to your Amazon Prime account. We're working hard to bring... Cleveland sports content uh, directly to to you know to to your to the audience and to the show. So uh, we have a great lineup of shows. It's growing every single day. Mikey P, you know we're we're excited about Network Two One Six. Following this show at eight o'clock, you got the Barking Brown Show with Jacob Roach, Nick mm-hmm. Carnes, and Ed in Columbus. Um, we also have the Faithful Dogs podcast with Zach DeFranco, Tyler Johnson, and Jack Robinson. And at the Corner podcast, there's your Guardians podcast, just brand new with Zach and Chuck. We're very excited about that. And the Petty Eddie podcast with Eddie Mack is going to be kicking off again here very soon. Mikey P, it was announced last night we have a new show joining Network 216. That's Grant P and Maddie G betting show. Yeah, every night it's going to be, I believe tomorrow is our first show. Uh, it's going to be on 9, 9.30 uh, they're going to go over, you know, daily, daily fantasy, daily betting lines. Yep. Uh, so tune in and then hopefully win, you know, win some money there. Uh, we also, uh, you know, it's not just going to be Cleveland. We're going to have uh, 
you know, we're looking uh, potentially a Ohio State show coming down the pipe. And uh, I believe we're finalizing a Columbus Blue Jackets show coming yes. on for all you hockey fans out there. So lots of content coming your way. Uh, you know, we also got writers, uh, you know, that are part of the Network 216. They're bringing you great content, you know, led by Grant Puskar, Eddie Mack, and Mack the Buffalo. They're putting out some amazing content right now, you know, as we're getting ready to kick off the season. So more to come, and uh, we can't uh, wait to share all the information and all the stories and all the fun stuff with you guys and uh, and just get bigger and better every day. Yeah, and you, there's some benefits to subscribing to Network 216. A lot of really cool benefits. You can watch the shows ad-free because everybody loves to watch ads, right? No. <laughs> so you can watch them ad-free by subscribing. Also, you unlock channel rewards, including drawings for subscriber Ohio prize packs. We recently just gave away an Amari Cooper juice. Amari Cooper jersey, and four tickets to Brown's training camp. I believe that's going to be August 5th that those tickets were for. Those were just given away on the weekly exclusive that we had this past weekend. So by subscribing to Network 216, you got a lot of free stuff, a lot of cool stuff coming your way. Absolutely. And I'm uh, going to training camp next week, so there's no telling what I may bring back. I can't wait. I can't wait. We have also partnered with Underdog Fantasy. Mikey P, you want to tell us about that? Yeah, you know, we are, we're a proud partner with Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy, of course, is the easiest play you can to play fantasy football. If you're like most people and love to play daily fantasy and also love to win cash, everybody loves to win a uh, little bit of money, Underdog Fantasy is definitely for you. Best Ball Mania costs $25 to enter, lasts all season long. Underdog is going to match your initial deposit. So this is the great thing. Up to $100 by using promo code 216. So make sure you do use code 216. So if you deposit 50, that 50 turns into $100. If you deposit $100, now you got $200. It just has to be a minimum of $10 for them to match your deposit, and it goes all the way up to $100. Just you got to remember to use code 216 and then draft your Best Ball Mania 3 team today. And uh, some of these Best Ball Manias, like you're talking about million-dollar winners in, in some of these uh, prize giveaways, so. Some huge opportunities to have some fun, play some fantasy, and win some money. Everybody could use money right now, especially with inflation the way it is. And yes. gas prices. Fantasy, <laughs> fantasy football is big business. Absolutely. Um, it, it has really made football fun. Even people that you know that aren't necessarily fans of, of, a, of football – they're they're into fantasy, you know. They keep up right. with players and stats, and and everybody loves money. So and and online betting is coming to Ohio uh, at the first part of 2023. So we're only a few months out from that, and that's going to be a game changer for the state of Ohio. It definitely is. Um, well, we have a great guest tonight, Mikey P. Fantasy football. A lot of the drafts are going to be starting. I just got an email tonight that my draft is going to happen right after the uh, right before the last preseason game. So. Everybody's gearing up for their for their fancy football drafts, getting all their their boards ready, just like the the war room, right? For fancy football, we have a guest tonight. He's a fancy football expert. He's a writer for Gridiron Experts, Doug Moore. Doug Moore will help uh, help you get ready to draft a championship team for your fantasy football leagues. So I'm definitely excited for this show. We're going to talk about draft strategies. Um, we're going to talk about top players and all the positions that are important for fantasy football. So let's go ahead and bring him in now. Doug, welcome to the yard. Thanks for having me guys. 
Hey, what's going on, man? Not much. Just getting pumped for uh, for fantasy season. It's it's all f- such a long off season that it's finally upon us now to really talk seriously. So it's it's exciting. I know it's like that. You get that end of July, beginning of August, that the itch starts coming, and when August hits, it's like it's 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 on. You get the preseason games rolling. Honestly, like it's it starts for me. Like the NFL draft is like my Christmas. And so as soon as, as soon as that's over, you know, end of April, early May, like you, you got the itch, you want to start going now and, and just, mm-hmm. you're still quite a few, you know, a few months away, four months before any regular season. So it just, it's a long off season. It sucks, but it's here now. So it's, it's exciting. It is exciting. No doubt about it. If, if you're not prepared yet, don't fear. We have this great show tonight for fantasy football with, with Doug Moore. So, uh, Doug, drafts are about to happen, as we, as we just mentioned. I'm curious, is it good to have a draft strategy, some kind of draft strategy going into the draft, or you just kind of go in there uh, picking best player available? Yeah, you know, I think it's it's always good to go in with a strategy, but I think what you have to be prepared for is what you don't know what the other – nine you know or 11 people or however many are doing at the same time so you could go in there with an idea of the guys you want to target and that's all well and good until you know someone goes and takes you know Gronk third overall who knows but you know this is probably more a few years ago I'm probably dating myself a little bit but it's it's more so that you have to be ready to be able to adjust it's good to have strategy to do research absolutely required I think um but I think, you know, you have to be able to to adjust on the fly. I think one of the biggest things I like to do is uh, obviously look at ADPs or average draft positions, get a real sense. And the other thing, too, is that whatever site you're on is not going to be the same as others. So if you're on, you know, Sleeper or Yahoo or, or Underdog or whatever the case is, go check out what the other sites are. Go see what their ADPs are because it's not going to be equal and you're going to be able to take advantage of that, too. Um, so it's good to have a couple strategies, do your research, but you have to be able to be adjust on the fly based off of how the draft goes. What, what site have you been on that you found is, is the most realistic as far as ADP? Like I, I go on PFF a lot, um, just for football knowledge, but also they have a fancy draft section and they show all the players at, at each position and, and where they're ranked. Do, do you find that sites like P, PFF are good for fantasy football? I think it, the tough part about PFF, they, you know, they, they have a lot of great resources. Don't get me wrong, but I think, you know, it's tough because, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, I found myself, you know, looking at it the other day and some of the players that they have ranked high, like skill wise, absolutely. But in, in, in a fantasy football draft, are you going to draft someone that high? Probably mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think, you know, for me, I find myself using a lot of, um, you know, sleeper and using it for dynasty and redraft. Uh, if I'm going and doing best ball, I'm going underdog. It's it's just so constantly used by both people that love doing it for real. And then those that are, you know, ingrained in it, you know, as a career even. Um, so you're going to really be able to get a sense of w- how the trends are going because things change every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what I find myself doing. I think sleeper, uh, I think some of the experts with, you know, with Yahoo are good too. Um, but just really being able to tell, there's a lot of great aggregators out there too that will tell you sort of the varying you know numbers and rankings between the sites too. So, um, but you know, obviously, it goes back to the original point: really coming up with a strategy and taking advantage of those changes between those different sites, depending on what you're using. 
Yeah, and some people's strategy is no strategy. I think my biggest pet peeve about uh, fantasy drafts are when so- somebody in the league puts it on auto draft. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. annoying. I, I find myself, I run a couple of redraft leagues every year, and I find myself ironing out time, day, everything like that, what site, and everybody's in agreement, and there's always that one or, or two people that you know can't make it or just – you know, like you said, put on odd draft, then, then they wonder why they have three quarterbacks uh, in a one QB league at the end. Of the yeah, game. correct. I mean, I can, I can uh, speak to this. My wife wasn't a happy camper, uh, but I was doing a, a fantasy draft on our anniversary dinner last year and what trying to, trying to keep it on the low key, like putting, keeping my phone underneath the table and I'm sitting there, you know, making my picks and uh, she caught on to it, you know, about an hour into it. <laughs> so, it's it's always tough for me. So I, I'm out here in Massachusetts. My wife, love her to death. She's born and raised in Minnesota. So every year around Labor Day, we, we find ourselves. It's the second year in a row now I'm going to be doing this, going out to the State Fair in Minnesota. Um, if you talk to her, she'll tell you it's the greatest there is. And this is not a plug for them, I promise. Um, but it gets tough because usually my drafts, I like to do them as late as possible. I try to do it the day after Labor Day. So that Tuesday, two days before the season starts. So it gets kind of tough sometimes because you're on big for me, I'm on vacation, but at the same time, like give me like an hour to an hour and a half and I'll be solid. I promise. Um, so I, I hear you though. It's, it's tough, you know, trying to corral seven, nine, 11 people together for one sort of equal day in time. Mm-hmm. It's tough. It's, it takes a commitment for sure. It does. And I, and I commend you, Mikey P for, for trying to get away with it at, at dinner with your wife. That's awesome. <laughs> um, in a, in a 10 to 12 person fantasy league, do, do you have a favorite position? So sometimes like I don't mind being the first or second pick and I certainly don't mind being the, the 11th and 12th. It's that middle. Sometimes it's a little discouraging, but do you have a fra- favorite draft position? You know, I, I, you know, obviously it varies year to year or even sometimes based off of what the ADPs look like. Um, you know, from what I've been seeing, um, I have I have no problem drafting anywhere. I, I know a lot of people, like you said, are kind of skeptical of drafting in the middle to the end. But there's a lot of really good depth there. You know, you look at some of the guys that are falling towards the later, later round, uh, you know, later part of round one. You're talking about those bell cows like, you know, Dalvin Cook or DeAndre Harris. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm getting my names mixed up. DeAndre Swift, not Najee Harris. Um, but then also right after, you know, in a in a snake draft in the second round, you find yourself with a, with a really solid wide receiver. You can get a guy like Adams, Diggs, Chase, uh, Jefferson. You know, all those guys are going to be ready at the at the top of the second round. So, and, and that goes back to originally, you know, what I was mentioning before. You never know how the other people, especially if you're late in the first round, you never know how other people are going to do, especially those that don't do research. Um, but you know, at the top of the round, there's, there's a lot of volatility. You know, you talk about a guy like Jonathan Taylor at the top, I think he's the number one guy. Yeah. Uh, but there's nowhere to go, but, but up, you know, from, we down for him really, you know, that's that he has to be the best player in the draft, right? He has to be the best player in fantasy football right. that year. So it, it gives you, but you don't then pick again until 24th pick if you're in a 12 team league. And there's a lot of really good talent there. So I, I personally, based off of what we're seeing right now, even the middle part of the round of 
you know, round one, you know, with a guy like Eckler or with um, even getting a top guy like Justin Jefferson and then being able to turn around in the middle of the second and still be able to get a guy like Diggs or Adams or, or even, you know, someone like Aaron Jones is expected to see a huge bump this year. Um, that's where I'm seeing. So the middle to the late round is actually what I prefer at the moment. Yeah, I mean, because you, you look at the top five or six picks, you usually go running backs. Mm-hmm. Well, r- running backs get hurt. You know, we, we've seen Christian oh. McCaffrey, number one pick in all fantasy football, out for the pretty much the entire year. Last year, Saquon Barkley got hurt, you know. So, yeah. so you, your fantasy football season could be derailed fairly quickly just by having one of those top picks. So I guess you could look at it a couple different ways. Yeah, there's just a lot of volatility with – you know, some of the guys like like McCaffrey, who the last two years running was the bona fide number one pick. And you could even make a case for him this year. Um, and, and the payoff, huge. But what you could be dealing with is, is tough. So I, I look to try and get as much value as I can. And, and like I said, I think the top, you know, three or four rounds, no matter where you're picking, there's a lot of value. So I, I like I said, I if I could, I'd probably say somewhere in like the the seven to 12 range in the back half of the first round or in the back half of the draft, honestly, right now, at least. Yeah. I'm a back half guy. I always, I always love, uh, we used to do uh, where you would, you would uh, get your draft position and then you could, you could trade back with somebody and say, Hey, you know, I'll give you the third pick. Uh, and then I want your last pick. And some people would do it because I just love to be able to, to make back to back picks. Cause it, it, it takes away that, I got two guys that I really like, but I, if he may not be there when I pick again, and it gives you the kind of the ability to do that. So that's always my favorite things, like kind of pick near the back end of the draft. Yeah, and that's the thing too. You pick first, and then you don't pick for twenty fourth, and then it's you know you have this huge weight, and mm-hmm. you know you have an idea of who you want. You're never going to get them, uh, especially yeah. in the in the the top few rounds. So um, I agree. You know, for me personally, for the leagues I run for for redraft, I'm kind of mean, and I. I don't typically see sort of that, but I also don't really, I don't do the draft positions until an hour before. So that's just me being mean, but um, it's good to be able to develop strategy if you can based off of that. It it does pay off, honestly. Now, what what would your advice be um, for somebody in a league? Because I've noticed a lot of people started doing this lately where, where they're catching on to, you know, running backs, getting so many receptions. And, And I played in a league and, uh, and I've, I know other people are in a league where it's like they're giving the tight ends more uh, points per reception than the receivers. Um, and then the running backs are even getting less points per reception than the receivers. Um, so how, how do you say you would combat that with like trying to use their ADP versus someone kind of tweaking the, the scoring range? I think what a lot of people do is they get caught up in, in sort of a run on a position and it gets stressful especially if it's at a position that you're weak. Um, so like you said, you know, you see the first few picks of the draft are typically going to be your running backs. And then you see six go off the board at once. And while it may be, you know, worth to get at the, the seventh running back, it may not be worth getting him that early. Um, so I think, you know, that's, that's probably the number one thing I would say to stick away from is, is trying to avoid those runs uh, because then you're probably, you're probably not drafting the best value. And I think, you go for value and you deal with the rest later, you know, and I think, you know, that's probably gonna be your best way of going about it because, you know, again, it's, it's, 
there's a payoff and then there's, and then there's not with doing something like that. So it's tough, you know, tight ends, like you mentioned, getting what they call tight end premium scoring, mm-hmm. which is usually like another quarter point or half point reception. In those cases, yeah, you're going to want to get a guy earlier, even, you know, super flex is becoming huge nowadays. We have to get two QBs, uh, you know, in your starting lineup. And, and that makes it that much more important. It gets it on par with, you know, the other positions that we find ourselves drafting. So, it's going to depend, um, but I think there's a lot of resources out there to be able to sort of see the different ways of going about that. Um, but I, you know, for me, I'm more of a traditionalist, but I can see why people would do that. And uh, it, it's, it's tough, but you know, that's probably my number one thing is stay away from getting caught up in the trends and the runs and, and go for the real value in the draft. We, we have a lot of welcome messages for you, Doug. A lot of people excited about this fantasy football show, so um, everybody's giving your support. Jeff, he says, I often draft a kicker first. I, don't, I, I know he's joking, but um, Mikey P., you have something to wish, Mr. Jeff. Yeah, hey, uh, we, wish, we saw Jeff post on there, and we understand that Jeff has got a birthday tonight. He's turning 44 at midnight. So Jeff listens loyally every week, and uh, here at the Yard Dogs, we just want to wish Jeff uh, – an early happy birthday uh, at midnight tonight. Yes, and, and if any of us could sing, we would do it, Jeff. But yeah, you don't want to hear that, Jeff. Yeah, you don't want to do that. <laughs> You'll tune out very quickly. Let, let's get into the running backs. Uh, Doug, who, who are your – so who – Bell Cow, Bell Cow running backs, that's like the, the hot commodity for your first five or six picks, as you were saying before. Who, who are your top five picks for, for this year for running backs in fantasy football? Yeah, so I think there's there's most people are going to probably say that Jonathan Taylor is going to be your number one guy, and I think you almost have to take him number one if you have the opportunity to. I'm still a believer in Christian McCaffrey. If you look at what he does when he's on the field, and I know he's missed a lot of time, I get that, but if you look at what he does on the field, he just puts up points. He like he's so heavily used in the receiving game, and just he's so electric with the ball in his hands that. Uh, I think if you look at the percentages of those that have, you know, 20 plus point games uh, versus how many they played, like McCaffrey clears the board of everybody else. Um, so I, I can't blame someone for going Christian McCaffrey one and JT two. Um, I'll say to stick with the norm, I'll say Jonathan Taylor, cause he's a little bit safer. I agree. And that team looks to be a little bit improved, especially with a little bit more stability under quarterback, which I know you guys know Baker Mayfield. I don't know what to think of him. Uh, as their potential QB down in Carolina. Um, but so I, I think those two are, are one and two, uh, but you can make an argument either way. I'll stick with GT at one and, and McCaffrey at two. Um, there's a lot of people that are in on Derrick Henry. I think he's worthy of probably elite first round pick, early second, but there's just some concerns. He obviously, for the first time in since really he came into the league and got really the, the workhorse role, he showed some some kinks in the armor. You know, he got hurt. He wasn't as efficient. And uh, obviously it became a lost season for him. And uh, he's gotten another year older. That team, you know, the Titans, they trade away their best wide receiver in A.J. Brown. Um, Crazy. And Brown, I think, helped alleviate some of the concerns around defenses keying in on the run game as much as, you know, Tennessee already mm-hmm. was doing that. And, you know, a guy like Traylon Burks and, you know, Robert Woods – could be good, but I think defenses are going to be ready for Derrick Henry, and especially with how Tannehill's played. So I can't say Derrick Henry would be in my my top five. Um, I know a lot of people probably rank it that way. Um, my third is going to be Eckler. 
Um, I think Austin Eckler just as efficient as they come. Uh, obviously, there's going to be some negative regression with touchdowns. He had, I think, 15 last year. Um, I don't expect him to see that much, but I still think his usage is going to be better. And they've obviously made some improvements in the offensive line. You know, they, they drafted Rashawn Slater last year uh, in the first round. Now they drafted Zion Johnson in the first round. Uh, so they're making investments at, at the uh, at the offensive line, and they didn't really do a whole lot at the wide receiver position. They kept Mike Williams. They have Keenan Allen. So uh, I, I don't see much changing besides getting better. And I think even if Isaiah Spiller takes a little bit of work away from from Eckler, I still think Eckler's going to put up a top five season. Um, I would probably go Dalvin Cook at four, and I don't know how people may think about that. And the reason I say it is because he's due, unlike Eckler, for positive touchdown regression. Um, he he just didn't get a lot of scoring opportunities, but he was efficient. And he also played hurt. I think the game where he dislocated his shoulder it was his best game of the season. Um, so the guy can play through pain. Um, I, he doesn't really get hurt that much. Um, he, he knows where he sits in, in that running back room. Uh, but also Kevin O'Connell is expected to come in and be able to run a much more efficient offense. And I think it's going to be more pass heavy too. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, as you guys were talking about receptions for running backs is key, uh, especially in those PPR leagues. Yes. And I think because of that and what Dalvin cook could bring in regards to the receiving game, I, I think he, he's definitely going to be in that top five. He may even do better than four. Uh, and then five, I think, just from an, from just a workload perspective, it's going to be Najee Harris. Um, I have concerns about an offense that's going through a lot of change right now, especially a quarterback, even though Big Ben didn't do a whole lot last year. Um, but Big Ben, noodle arm and all, which I'm sure you guys have no problem with me saying. <laughs> Not at all. You know, he threw a lot of short passes, a lot of dump offs to Harris, which bumped up a lot of his value um, and, and how much he scored. I don't know if you're going to see a whole lot of that with Trubisky or Pickett or, or Rudolph, whoever it's going to be. Um, so I, I'm expecting for him not to be getting as many touches as he did, at least in the passing game, or if he does, not as many dump offs. But um, he's due for probably close to 300 touches, if not more. Like he, they've made it clear this is the guy. I have some concerns about their offensive line, especially also going through a quarterback change and just mm-hmm. we don't know what, how it's going to play out. But he's going to get enough work and he's talented enough that. I can't see him not being in the top five, honestly. We're, we're Cleveland Browns fans, and we love our running backs here in Cleveland. We have, you know, we have a pretty good running back room, I think. You know, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Dearness Johnson. Let's talk about the first two, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Where, where would you have them ranked in fantasy football for for running backs? It's so tough. Nick Chubb is one of my favorite players, honestly. He, he really is. And um, what, what made as much as I love him, and I think he's arguably a top three running back in regards to talent, it's just this situation makes it so, so difficult fantasy-wise because Chubb sees a lot of work, but Hunt also sees a lot of work in the passing game, which in the PPR league, that's going to hurt Chubb. He's going to probably be on the outside looking in in, in the top ten running backs. Um, I still think he's a guy you can comfortably have as your as a top 24 or I should say RB2, um, whether it be PPR or non-PPR, but – Unless there's an injury or something or, say, Hunt gets traded in a contract year or something like that, I can't see either guy comfortably being in the top 10. Um, I think in PPR, Hunt is probably an RB3, so probably probably top 25 to top 30 just because of the amount of work he does. But a lot of it's going to depend on what 
happens with the rest of this offense in, in regards to the quarterback position, um, not to get too much into it, because I think yeah. depending on how the quarterback situation plays out, you're going to either see a heavy dose of running like they did, you know, in years past, or they might become more of a pass centric offense, which even though there may not be as many carries to split around, it may also help because not many teams are scared of a, you know, slow moving Jarvis Landry or, you know, Odell Beckham when he was hurt, uh, you know, whereas this year, you know, you have a guy like Amari Cooper and, you know, David Njoku, David Bell, who can all, you know, really draw defense's attention. So it's tough. I, I would say right now I can't say either one would be in the top 10. Um, Chubb, I think, is the better of the two. Um, but with them both being there and being healthy, it's, it's, it's kind of negating sort of their value a little bit. Probably a good RB2 is, I guess, what you're saying. I would say Chubb is probably a low-end RB1. Um, Hunt, you can make an argument in PPR leagues to be a low-end RB2. I wouldn't be, feel comfortable as, as him being my RB2. Yeah. Uh, as an RB3 or flex, I'd feel pretty good about it. Yeah. Who, who would you say is your best uh, rookie running back? Out of, like who, who, uh, the rookie draft class this year, who's that one rookie that people aren't really looking at that you, you say you should pay attention to? The ones that are not, I would say my, the, the one I believe is going to do the best is Brees Hall. Um, I think he was the best running back in this class. And I think he, it's tough because Michael Carter played well last year, mm-hmm. but um, I still think Brees Hall is, you know, someone that they're, they're going to give a lot of work to. Um, so I think he's probably my top uh, rookie running back. Um, I'm probably going to butcher the name Tyler, Tyler Algier. Uh, down in Atlanta is a guy that could see a lot of work. Um, it's going to come down to how much they really use Cordell Patterson in the run game. Obviously, they re-signed him to a, a you know a decent deal for someone his age and what he had done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if he can step up and really take a lot of the work off, especially if Patterson, as we saw last year, really slowed down and didn't get as much work later on the season, um, I think you could see him step up, especially in the second half. Plus, this is a team that's going through transition. You have a guy, you have Marcus Mariota, who's a bridge quarterback. You have a guy in um, Desmond Ritter, who who knows if he's going to be the guy. You know, you drafted Drake. Like, this is going through a team going through transition, and they're not going for the Super Bowl. They're going to go for trying to figure out who sticks out and who steps up. And I think that's a guy who could do that. Well, let's move into quarterbacks. I, I have a question. So when is it okay to draft a quarterback? You know, I, I know a lot of people, you know, mid rounds, maybe even later rounds, but when, when is it cool to draft a quarterback? You know, honestly, it's so many years. It's always been, you can sit on a quarterback, you can sit on a quarterback. And I personally would probably not go for a quarterback before in a normal 12-team draft PPR, I would probably say you're looking at round four is probably the earliest I would look. Um, I think Josh Allen's the top guy for sure. Just he does really well, um, you know, not only as a, as a passer, and he's really stepped up year after year, but also he does give you some juice with his legs. Um, I would say, though, probably be f- anything before round four at the earliest would probably be a little too high for me. But I would say – I don't blame someone for going after a quarterback early because there's a lot of volatility with the position, but even the top 10, even guys that are in the top 11 to 13. They all have top 10, top eight potential. So it's very deep as well. So it's, it's, it depends on, you know, how your team is shaping out. If you're sitting well at the other positions, 
I don't blame them going after it because quarterbacks historically have, have scored more points than any other position. So right. they got to mean something. Yeah. Who, who are your top uh, fantasy QBs for 2022? Yeah, I think for me, Josh Allen's absolutely number one. Um, you know, there's not going to, I don't expect there to be a whole lot of drop off in that team. You know, you still have Stefan Diggs. You know, you got rid of Cole Beasley, but I still expect, you know, Gabriel Davis to be, you know, just as good, if not better. They brought in um, Jameson Crowder, who I think is a really good third option. Uh, Dawson Knox is still there. Um, so I think Josh Allen's going to be my number one. Um, a lot of people are down on Patrick Mahomes this year, especially after trading Tyreek Hill. I, I might not put him in my number two, but if not, he's my number three. So I would say probably right now I'd say Herbert is my number two. Um, even though he doesn't run uh, or scramble a whole lot and get a lot of points with his legs, um, he gets some, but it's just this team has gotten better and better every year on offense. They're making investments on offense. This team doesn't hasn't really changed much from last year, um, and we've just seen a lot of development from Herbert. I just really hope that they continue to let him pass more and more. Uh, because there are some times where they seem to rely a lot on Eckler in the run game. Um, and if there's a way to sort of even that out a little bit, it's going to see more for Herbert. So I'm going to say Herbert's my number two. Mahomes my number three. They're they're very heavy pass um, neutral team. You're going to see them pass a lot, even in, when they're up, sort of like Tampa Bay. Um, and, and Mahomes, he's going to take a hit. He lost Tyreek Hill. He lost one of the most dynamic wide receivers. Travis Kelsey is another year older. But I think between everything that they gave – or what they received, I should say, in you know, free agency between Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Sky Moore, uh, Marquez uh, uh, Green, uh, Scadling Green. Um, you know, I think there's enough to make him just as valuable, um, especially because of how you looked at how they were using Tyreek Hill a lot last year. They weren't using him as much of a deep threat last year. You see, he got a lot of balls on the line of scrimmage right after it, and it, they weren't really using him the right way. So I think – it may not be top end talent, but they got a lot of depth there now. I think that will help sort of mitigate that. Um, I personally am a believer in Jalen Hurts. He may not be the best on the football field mm-hmm. to some, but Jalen Hurts was the number one QB in fantasy last year. He's he, a points producer. He, yeah. he ran, and, and that's a that's another point to those that argue about drafting a QB late. He was probably outside of the top twelve in, in quarterbacks taken. Um, so there's, I believe, I understand the people that say that, but for me, Jalen Hurts. Um, He's going to run the ball a lot. This is a very run-heavy team. They got even more run-heavy later on the season. But then you also go and get a guy like A.J. Brown and give him a huge contract. You can't sit there and say – and that was after drafting Devontae Smith last year. You can't say that they're not going to be invested in, in, in doing everything they can to make this offense as good as possible. And just Hurts is involved in every aspect. Plus, their running back room doesn't exactly make me feel too, too excited. So he's going to he's going to use his legs a lot. So I would say Hurts is my my number four. Um I want to put Brady in my top five. I do. I do. Like, even though he's 45, he doesn't scramble. Like, he threw the most passes out of any quarterback last year. But there's a lot of uncertainty there. I know they signed Julio Jones today. I know Chris Godwin, you know, isn't on the pup, but he's not going to be 100%. I love love the Russell Gage signing personally, but you look at the upside of a guy like Lamar, Lamar Jackson, I can't say no to that. Um, he's just so good when he's on the field. I know he got hurt last year, and that's what sort of diminished his value a little bit. But he just, he, even more so than Hurts, he just he gets so many points with his legs. And because of that and just how this offense 
you know, sort of goes together, I have to put him as, as my number five over Brady or a guy like Kyler or Russell Wilson even. We have uh, two. I have two quarterbacks that I want you, your feedback on. So, Josh, he's he's watching the show right now. He's curious on on your thoughts. What do you do with a guy like Deshaun Watson? You know, hopefully we know before the fantasy football drafts of the length of the suspension. If it's two games, maybe you know you're going to move him way up in your ranks. But what would you what would you do with a guy like Deshaun Watson? Your fantasy football is he like? no go or what do you do with them? Yeah. I mean, you know, what's so tough is that it could be no games. It could be two games and and just talking strictly suspension wise and and how many games you could see, you could even see a whole year. Who knows? Um, I would say in a one QB league that has decent bench depth, um, more than five spots, I don't mind drafting him later on. I can't trust him right here now with so much uncertainty of him being my guy week one or him being the guy I draft first at quarterback. Um, Unless I'm getting another guy who is a known starter and can at least put up above replacement level for some time. Um, But it's just so tough. Like in a two QB league, you can't pass up his upside. Again, same sort of situation. Maybe he's your number two QB, maybe he's number three, but – I can't. I wouldn't be going in there today and going after a guy like him unless it's really, really late or simultaneously it's a two or four game suspension. I would feel a lot better about it versus say a half year or you know longer potentially. It's just it's so tough to gauge. Plus, it's, even with a guy like Deshaun Watson, top, I think he's a top five, top eight talent. He's still very young. He obviously didn't play last year. Um, he's a couple years removed from a you know knee injury. He played in a, in a really bad situation. I think he's very talented. But at the same time, no matter how talented he is, this is a new team for him. This is a brand-new team. He's never worked with really many of these guys in, their, in a live NFL game. So there's always that element, too, even beyond just him as a talent. So mm-hmm. the juice would be worth the squeeze, and right now it's it's probably not. Yeah, so, so in one of my leagues, I'm in a keeper league, and if you draft a player from the 10th round on – you can keep them for five years. So a guy like Deshaun Watson, you know, on your very last pick, I would take a flyer on him for sure because we Absolutely. know he's going to play eventually. So yeah. if, especially if you have like a keeper right. league or someone, that could be major value there. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that 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 sort of strategy when you're in the later rounds and you're just trying to go for upside later on, he's absolutely a guy I would target. But, yeah, single-digit rounds in a one QB league, I, I can't get behind. Yeah. The, the other quarterback I was curious about is Trevor Lawrence. We're, a lot of people are talking about the Jags, like they're, they're going to be a better team this year. They, they have a new coach, um, you know, Peterson, right, Doug Peterson. Uh, so he, he's good with quarterbacks. Where do, you, where do you put a guy like Trevor Lawrence? Last year was his rookie year. He really didn't play well. But where would you put a QB like that? He's outside my top 12. I would still put him as one of the better QB2s in the league. Uh, for fantasy this year, um, that offense was just awful. Was, <laughs> yeah. He was he was put in a bad situation, and obviously there's going to be some struggles. I think you know not everybody can be you know able to jump out you know week one and be able to. I mean, look at Joe Burrow. He played all right his first year. He really stepped up his second year, um, and I think you could see something like that 
where they made some investments at wide receiver and tight end. They brought in Evan Ingram. They brought in Christian Kirk. They still have guys like Chenault and Marvin Jones. Um, you know, also, you know, Travis Etienne is going to be healthy, who's a really good receiving running back. James Robinson actually skipped the pop, so he could be ready week one. Um, and he actually has a, a head coach that knows what he's doing. Um, so I would say he's probably outside my top 15, probably inside my top 18. The way I would approach him is in a one QB league, again, sort of like Deshaun Watson, draft later on for upside. Um, or if it's a situation where you get a QB really, really late and you want to sort of hedge your bet, maybe I go after a guy like that um, and then just sort of play the the best matchup, honestly. You know, that could be a, a potential too. But yeah, he probably sits around like the, the 16 to 18 mark for me right now. Wow. Let's move on into the wide receivers. The, the NFL is more of a passing league. I mean, now more than ever, wide receivers can make or break your fantasy football season. Who, who do you got? Let's go with the top three wide receivers of fantasy football. Who do you got in the top three? Yeah, I think the top three is – I think I think the top three is pretty settled. I think it just comes down to your ranking. Um, for me, I have Cooper Cup number one. You know, you can kind of look at what's changed year over year. I don't expect him to have the season he did. I think teams were foolish to to not play as heavily on him as they did, um, and he took advantage of that. Stafford took advantage of that. Um, but he's going to see a ton of work. He's absolutely going to. He's a terrific talent. Um, I can't see him not being a top three, but you, you can't pass down that upside at, at wide receiver one. Um, and I think th- then it really becomes a, a question of who do you like more between Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase? Um, and for me, I would go Jefferson at wide receiver two. And the reason for that is part of what I mentioned earlier, Kevin O'Connell is expected to be a very pass heavy, you know, offense, uh, in, implemented in Minnesota. Uh, and I think that's only going to benefit Jefferson who's still been able to do bonkers his first two years in the league. Um, I think another part too, is that he doesn't have a whole lot of competition for targets. You know, obviously Dalvin cook expected to see more work in the passing game, but Adam Thielen, He's getting older. He's still he's dealing with a lot of injuries, um, but they don't really have a number three wide receiver all lined up yet. Right. Um, and you know, I just think with what we've seen him do so far, and and what could still be to come with the changes made in this offense, he just has more upside than Chase. Chase, everybody loves Chase. Don't get me wrong. He blew, you know, blew the roof off and and whatnot, but. The problem I have is that with with that offense with Cincinnati, I think there's going to be regression in the offensive uh, pass game. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to be as good as they were. They're going to still be terrific, and I'm sure you guys don't mind me saying anything bad about the Bengals. Um, but T. Higgins is there. Tyler Boyd is there. Those are all guys that could soak up a lot of targets. I mean, t- I think T. Higgins over the last – six to eight weeks of the season actually kept pace, if not outscored Jamar Chase in PPR. And wow. just, he sees a lot more competition than Justin Jefferson's going to. It's so, kind of like the argument you were saying with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, you know, just splitting carries, targets, that kind of thing. It's That's what you're talking about with the Cincinnati Bengals. There's just not enough balls to go around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you still have a guy like Joe Mixon who maybe he gets more involved in the pass game. Who knows? Um 
But yeah, I just think Justin Jefferson has less competition for targets. He's in an offense that can only go, get better, it seems, uh, or at least more pass heavy. I don't think the Bengals can get much more than they already are. Um, and I think just, you know, between less competition, better offense, and just, you know, what we've seen, what the, the body of work we've seen so far from him, uh, I can't see him not being better than Chase if all situations are the same at the end of the year. This is all very good stuff, man. We appreciate you coming on the show. Let's get into the tight ends. Uh, we have about 15 more minutes. Who who are your top tight ends? Tight ends, is it's it's a great position. You know, the Browns just extended David Njoku. We're excited about him here in Cleveland. I don't know where he stacks up with, with your fantasy football rankings as far as tight ends, but who, who would you say are your top tight ends to go after in the draft? Yeah, tight ends, It's and you guys were talking about earlier with tight end premium and stuff like that. I think one of the good strategies to go in is to really focus on getting a tight end early uh, because there's a lot of drop-off, um, and we saw that last year. I, I mean, we saw some guys step up. You know, we saw Mark Andrews have a terrific year finally. Um, but for me, Kelsey, especially considering tra- uh, Tyreek Hill is no longer there, Kelsey's my number one. He's getting older, yes, but he still was on the field plenty. Um, you know, less I, I don't think he's gonna have to contend with Hill, obviously, anymore. The run game is up in the air. You know, there's a lot of questions. Clyde Edwards Hilaire was on the on the pup to, as of today. Ronald Jones is there, who knows? So, like this is gonna be a team that that passes a lot. Kelsey has proven to be that guy for Mahomes. And even though there's gonna be other wide receivers in the mix, um, you know, Kelsey is by far the number one target in the passing game. Uh, so you can't say that about many other tight ends. So he's my number one. Um, I would say your number two, in the same breath, Mark Andrews is going to be there. They trade away Marquise Brown, uh, who was number one wide receiver. I'm excited to see what Rashad Bateman does. Uh, but besides Bateman, there's nobody else. There's really nobody else. And Andrews just – he's a terrific talent. I've been excited about him ever since he came out of Oklahoma. I was really excited to see how he broke out last year. Um, I expect there to be a little bit of a drop-off because, interestingly enough, a lot of his production came when Lamar was hurt, not playing. Mm-hmm. But um, I think between Brown not being there anymore, not really replacing it, and hopefully Lamar making a better improvement as a passer, I think it's still going to help keep him in the top three. Uh, or I would say even the top two, honestly. Um, and then it gets kind of interesting. You could talk about – I think the, the top – five players are all the same, which is how you stack rank them. You got a guy like Darren Waller who plays really well. He was doing really well, had stretches where he wasn't last year. He's not going to see as many targets, I think, this year with Devontae Adams there. But at the same time, defenses were double and triple teaming him. That's why he wasn't able to come down with a lot of passes. Now you get some of the pressure off of you. And so maybe, even though he's not getting as many targets, he may be more efficient to actually be able to convert more of them. Um, But then you also have a guy like George Kittle, that team's going through, you know, change right now with Trey Lance. And, and they came, you know, Kyle Shanahan came out today and said, Trey's the guy. There's no question at this point. If Trey's healthy, he's the guy. So there's going to be that transition of what does that look like? How does Trey work with George Kittle? Um, and so I think he's still in the top five, but I'd probably have him at four. I think for me at three, though, uh, I would have Kyle Pitts. And again, this is a team that doesn't have a whole lot of weapons to work with. They, you know, Calvin Ridley's out for the year. Their running back position's up in the air. They don't really have a QB of the future yet, I don't think. Um, they drafted Drake London, who I still expect to see a lot of work. 
but Kyle Pitts showed last year why he was drafted eighth overall. He's he's just so good. He's so electric. Um, it takes tight ends typically a couple of years to get really get their feet out from under them in, in regards to getting ready for the league. We saw that with David Njoku even. Um, but Pitts was able to do it year one. And he scored like two touchdowns last year. That's insane for a guy who played as much as he did. There's going to be positive touchdown regression. So he's my number three guy. I can't wait to see. They're going to be playing from behind a lot too. So they're going to have to pass the ball. Pitts is just so good that he can even beat those double teams often. So um, I would probably have a Kelsey, Andrews, uh, Pitts, uh, Waller, and then Kittle. Tight end, it's an interesting position because when you're in the middle of your draft, it's it's stressful and you're looking at wide receivers, you're looking at running backs, quarterbacks. Sometimes you can forget about that tight end position. And you had mentioned that drafting a tight end early could be valuable because there's a big drop-off. You could really get caught with your pants down. Like I know last year I found myself streaming a tight end you know, towards the end of the year, and that is not a place you want to be, no doubt about that. No, it, it's it's one of those positions that I might be okay with reaching for because, again, after those top five, like there's a huge drop down in value. Yeah. You look at guys like Dallas Goddard, TJ Hawkinson, uh, Dalton Schultz, like that they're works. all good, but they're not on the same level as those top five guys. So I would say if there's a strategy to go in, in a normal setting, it's a one tight end start. Um, you've got to try and come away with a top tight end. Um, you Because know, if you extrapolate what, say, Travis Kelsey did last year or Mark Andrews did last year versus, say, the other positions, I think they both finished in, like, the top 10 for what a wide receiver would score. So it's not like it's it's a bad position. It's just there's so much less depth than the others, like wide receiver, like running back, like, you know, quarterback and, and whatnot, um, that, you know, you kind of have to really focus on, on tight end early if you want to hopefully be able to keep pace with everybody else well let's say that you don't get the tight end that you want or wide receiver running back let's let's talk about trades some fantasy owners trade often like a lot you know you'll you'll get trade requests from this guy repeatedly you know he's just always trading in the league and then some some fantasy owners don't trade at all you know that's Mm -hmm. just they're they just don't do it and they never accept a trade Where, where do you stand do you, do you think that trading often is, is valuable or, or could you get yourself in trouble by doing that? Um, well, so I feel like you're personally attacking me cause I am the first guy. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, I think my, one of my redrafts last year, I think at the end of the year from when I drafted it to the end of it, I think I had one player that was on the original roster. Wow. Um, and so I'm a guy who, likes to trade often personally i mean it's exciting man it's it's exciting um and it can it can definitely get you sometimes in trouble i i've definitely made moves that um if you don't you know if if i'd hold off a little bit longer or if maybe i we'd you know hold off a little bit longer to hopefully see them bounce back a little bit or even to try and have them have another good performance wherever i trade away to try and get even more back um, I think that could have helped. Um, so I think hindsight being twenty twenty, that's that's going to happen with someone who trades as much as maybe I do in, in redraft leagues. But yeah, I don't think – I think you have to always be checking out the market um, and seeing what's available, what other teams need. Injuries happen. We can never predict them 100%. Um, you know, you look at guys like Allen Robinson last year. He was drafted in the top 20, I believe, and he finished, what, outside of the top 50? So there are going to be guys that let you down. Um 
So I'm always looking. I'm maybe I look a little bit too much, but if you're not going to be trading a whole lot, it's either because your team is really rock solid or I don't know. That's probably the only thing. But waiver wire is just as important too. Yes. Do, do you look at the the team that you're trying to trade with? Do you look at their roster and go, okay, he's a little weak there. I've got somebody that I can send his way for this player. I mean, is, do you look at their roster personally and go, let me see how I can help him and, and you know, inevitably it will help me? I think, like, when I get a trade request, I'm automatically thinking, okay, this guy's trying to throw me a crap sandwich for, <laughs> you know, for my, my football players. But what what is in your mind when you're throwing a trade? Yeah, so um, I, I feel like a lot of people I, I, I'm in trade uh, in leagues with probably feel that way a lot with my offers. I try not to always give, you know, I think this is a good thing in life, never make my first offer the best one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think you have to. You know, you can't go and say you need a running back. You go to a team that's, you know, plenty on running back, and you'll say I'm going to trade you Lamar Jackson when they already have Josh Allen, like the that doesn't benefit them in a one QB league. So you obviously have to be considerate and mindful of if I'm looking to trade with this other team, what can they possibly need for me? Um, Where are my strengths versus where their weaknesses and hopefully those line up. So that way what they're weak at, I'm strong at and vice versa. So I think you have to be, otherwise what's the point? Like you have to be able to do a little bit of research and otherwise it also kind of over a, a 16, 17 week season, you're talking four months. It's a long season. People are gonna, people are probably gonna sour on you a little bit if you don't take the time to do something like that. Yeah, um, waiver wire, My, Mikey P. We're about to get into a league, a, a competitive league with our compadres at Network Two One Six. Waiver wires are important. Um, how important is it to pay attention to to waiver wires? Because there, there's gold in there. You know, not every good player gets drafted. Um, what are your thought, thoughts about waiver wire? Like, how do you prepare for it uh, when it comes up each week? Oh yeah, yeah. You, if you want to, if you want to be, you know, compete. If you want to, yeah, it's a must. It's a must <laughs> if you want to be able to compete all season long. Um, you absolutely have to. Um, you know, for me, that's one of the one of the things I typically do every se- you know every week during the season is writing up whose guys to be targeting. I'm looking as soon as Sunday, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready. Most leagues have it. I think it clears at like two or three in the morning on Wednesday. Um, you got to be ready. You have to be absolutely. Um, you, you never know who's going to pop up. Look at a guy like Amon Ron St. Brown from Detroit. Mm-hmm. People didn't draft him. People didn't think that he was going to be a whole lot. And in the last, I think six weeks of the season, he was in the top. I want to say he was in the top three for wide receiver scoring. Wow. Like you just, you never know. And so you have to be, I think it's, you can't win it. You can't win a league in a draft. And I don't think you can without properly paying attention to the waiver wires. Uh, I just, I think you have to, there's just, I can't see a way that you're not paying attention to them and, and still coming out with the trophy or the, you know, the win at the end of the year. I think one of the big lessons that I learned tonight is you're, you're not going to win your fancy draft or fancy football league, by just the draft correct in the draft alone you're yeah. you're gonna have to make some good solid trades throughout the year and, and watch that waiver wire yeah waiver wire is huge especially early on because you get those uh sometimes you get that first like four weeks you get those breakout guys that kind of come out of nowhere and they're getting some action and you, you pick them up and 
Sometimes they turn into key pieces for sure. I've been victim of that and uh, been rewarded by that. So. Yeah, there's always going to be a guy. I mean, look at Cordell Patterson. We talked about him earlier. He, you know, nobody expected him to to play as much as he did or do as well as he did. And then he's going in, going into London and scoring three touchdowns in a game and providing top 12 scoring. Like, And he also had running back wide receiver eligibility last year. Mm-hmm. Like, you absolutely have to. It's going to make or break your season, I think, um, no matter how good your team is. So, absolutely, you got to be continuing to scour. Because even if you go and get a guy that you don't need, flip him. Go get somebody else that you need. Go right. to a team that really needed him, that lost out for whatever reason, and flip it for something you do need. So, there's a lot of benefits to it. All right, we got about three minutes. I want to get in, into some sleepers. You, you'd mentioned that, that your homework really starts – after the NFL draft, G- give us a, a, some players that are young, maybe not household names, maybe names that we you know, really don't know very well in their first year, maybe even going into their second year that y- you see that could have a breakout year this fantasy football season. Yeah, I, I, so I'll, I'll try to give one for each position. I, I think for me, if you look at the players that are in their rookie or, or second year, their sophomore season in the NFL, um, I think at quarterback, you have to go with Trey Lance. And the reason I say Trey Lance, and this is a popular name, it's people know who he is, especially in fantasy football. But quarterbacks that scramble are cheat codes. They are terrific. They don't have to put up 300 yards and three touchdowns in the air to put up a top 10 week. If they run for 50 yards, that's that's plenty, you know, and being able to, to sort of, you know, level off with, you know, whatever it is. And I think Trey Lance is a guy who – we saw in one week, he, he was, I think, two yards away from being a top 10 week, um, even in a bad season. So he's he's a guy who, even today, on this day, you know, Kyle Shanahan said he's the guy. So we know for a fact he's going to be the starter. He's got some weapons to work with. He's got George Kittle. He's got Debo Samuel. He's got Brandon Ayuk. Um, that really good running game to help sort of take some of the pressure off of him. And they're going to let him run. Um, he, he doesn't have to be a terrific passer. Look at what Jalen Hurts did. Jalen Hurts was not a guy who put up a great passing year last year, but he ran so much with the ball. He was still the best running, uh, best quarterback in the in the uh, in the uh, Phoenix Football League last year. So, um, Trey Lance is my guy um, for running back. I think he's not really again. He's not really necessarily a sleeper, but I think especially for someone who didn't play at all last year versus say now getting to play this year, Travis Ntn is is a guy I'm looking at. Um, now, granted, he probably loses a little bit of luster with James Robinson potentially being ready for the season because he missed the pup list, especially after tearing his Achilles at the end of last season. But Etienne is just such a terrific talent. People are going to forget that because he didn't play it all last year. Um, and he's going to be a huge piece into making sure – into helping you know Jacksonville turn it around. So it, he's probably going to see a lot of receiving work and a good amount of, of work uh, you know, outside the red zone. I think Robinson will still maintain that. But, you know – Running back receivers or, you know, running back receptions is kind of like quarterbacks that run. It's valuable that way. Um, going through to, to wide receiver, he's not a young guy, but I love Russell Gage this year. Um, even if Chris Godwin and Julio Jones are there week one, Russell Gage did really, really well. They gave him, you know, over 10, you know, 10 million a year. Um, and even if he's their number three wide receiver, that was a valuable spot for, for fantasy. Look at what Antonio Brown did last year as a number three guy. He put up plenty of fantasy points especially with how much Tampa throws the ball. Gage is going to see plenty of work. Um, at tight end, 
it's a Brown show. I I like David Njoku. I think a lot of it's going to come down to what happens at the quarterback position. Brissett to Watson is a huge drop-off. I get that. Or I should say the other way around. Um, so it depends a lot, like every other Browns player, on what happens with him. But Njoku is a guy that he was given the keys. You know, he got a big contract. They got rid of Austin Hooper. And they don't have a whole lot to work with besides Cooper and David Bell and Kareem Hunt. So he can absolutely step up and, and have a top 12 season. Yeah, some are predicting him to be our number two receiver, David Njoku. So. I wouldn't be surprised. I love David Bell. I love him coming out of Purdue. Um, but I would not be surprised. Njoku's just so athletic. And we saw we saw glimmers in that last year and in, in years past. And, and I'm really excited to see what he does now. I mean, you got Harrison Bryant still there. And I know he's a lot of two tight end sets. But Njoku's right. going to be that receiver. He's going to be the guy that they look at. I just remember the season that uh, Fells, like old man Fells, had with Deshaun Watson. And I'm like, you know, if, if a guy like Fells can do that well with him, I just can imagine what a Joko could do. Not just not just for the Browns, but for fantasy wise, too. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, it, it, I think for the, and, and I won't necessarily get into the, what the, the Browns' offensive philosophy is, but um, I think between their deficit at quarterback for, I mean, Probably Baker Mayfield when he was healthy was probably a little bit above average. Fantasy-wise, but football-wise, he's probably a little bit above average at his peak. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, especially with also the lack of weapons that they had in the passing game, like Odell and Jarvis Landry were were good, but they also weren't at the prime of their careers when they joined Cleveland. Right. Um, I think that also tailored a lot of his to why Stavansky and that team ran as much as they did. So I think if you have a guy like Watson, or even when Watson steps up and actually is on the field with a, a true number one like Amari Cooper, a guy who I think is underrated in David Bell, a really athletic tight end in David Njoku, you look at a guy like David, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, you got guys that could really make a difference in the passing game. And I think you could ch- see a lot of the change that happens in Cleveland from being so run-centric to being more of a balanced offense, especially when you have a quarterback like Watson or the talent of, of someone like Watson. Look at that. We, we did a fantasy show, but we even got some Browns players we in did. there. Pumped <laughs> us up. I love it, Doug. This was such a great show. Mikey P, do you have any final thoughts? Oh, man, just uh, thanks for coming on, Doug, and giving us all this fantasy advice. I feel like I I went from ill-prepared to prepared in like a mm-hmm. about an hour. I'm feeling good. Like I want to do a draft tonight. So, uh, <laughs> But I'm ready like uh, – it's funny how things have changed, you know, in, in fantasy. Like, I remember getting into fantasy football with my dad. Um, and when we started, we only – we basically, you got – I think it was five points you got for every 100 yards. Uh, and then I think you got six points for touchdowns, and that's all we gave. Yeah. And and a lot of times you didn't know if you won or not till the USA Today came out the next day, so you could put everybody's stats. So – where we've come from starting fantasy to now, like it's it's amazing, and uh, I'm I'm enjoying the ride. Yeah, it's it's so exciting. I I, I love this time of year. My wife hates it because it takes <laughs> away one day of the week. Or I mean, <laughs> honestly, you know, football takes up now. Uh, you know, three three Not days, three, seven, and three. even later in the season, takes up four with Saturday games. So, yep. you know, three. Sundays are. You know, Christmas Day games now, Thanksgiving Day games, and yeah, New Year's yeah. Day games. Like, and, and I'm heck, all about even, it too. <laughs> even the you know having a game like in London, I know they're getting a game in Germany in a couple of years. Like it's yeah. just gonna make it. You know, I'll 
I'll get up for that. I'll, I'll be there. Like I, I, I love being at breakfast and seeing a game on like in London, just, yeah. just going and yeah, no, I, I'm excited. Football's so much fun. I hate that it's such a long off season, but we're yeah. finally just over a month away from regular oh. season. I can't wait. As my wife refers to it, she says she's a football widow. <laughs> <laughs> well, the way I, the way I think about it is um, not to dig up too much more time. And I'm going to kind of show myself a little bit. There's a um, uh, fever pitch. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it yeah, by Jimmy oh yeah. Fallon. <laughs> yes. And uh, it's kind of like regular, you know, baseball season, you know, I can't remember what the character's name was versus the off season. And yeah. it's sort of like, for some of us, that might be a, the, the shift that we all, you know, our, our significant others see our families. Oh, it's true. It's true. So, so your, your wife sees off season, Doug, and, and in the middle of the season, Doug, <laughs> two different I, I would think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> I like to be. I, I think I'm. I'm pretty flexible in the off season of. Oh, you know, hey, it's it's Sunday afternoon. What do you want to watch? Or hey, you know, do you want to watch that show on Thursday night? It's like, no, not really. <laughs> uh, in season, at least. Whereas now, or at least for a little bit longer, sure, I'll be a little bit flexible. You know, stuff like that. So, absolutely, I, I wouldn't say it's as bad as he was in that movie, uh, and how much uh, he was involved. But yeah, something along those lines. <laughs> Well, this is a part of our show where we'd like to give our guests a chance to give themselves a plug. Where can the listeners find you on social media? They can find me on, on Twitter, uh, at uh, NFL. Fantastic. Well, Doug, this was phenomenal. A lot of information. I can't wait to re-listen, re-watch the show because there was a lot of great information and you've definitely helped us prepare for our fantasy football draft. So, we definitely appreciate you coming on the show. Stay tuned. This is the Network 216 Twitch channel. We have the Barking Browns show coming on next, uh, probably in about 30 seconds. So I like to end all of our podcasts with the Go Browns, but for, for the spirit of the show, we'll we'll end it with a Go Fantasy Football. <laughs> One, two, three. Go, go Fantasy, fantasy Football. football.